You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasa, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, and our production assistant, Daniel Trussini, we would like to welcome you to the show this morning. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, good, Daniel. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Keeping well, thanks. Yeah, yeah, recovering. Oh, that, recovering. Oh, my goodness. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully nothing. Uh, you guys have had long uh, days here. Are you working on the Spanish show, both of you? Um, no, I think he's referring to the fact that we both have colds and, and we're getting over <gasps> oh. it. Oh. But uh, clearly... Hopefully, hopefully um, things will get better. Yeah, yeah, the beginning of the year you weren't talking. My mom has a terrible cold, and this is her second go around with it. It's really knocked her out. And usually, my mom gets it in the chest, and she can't talk, but it's in her ears and uh, in her nose. Oddly enough, I don't know if that was what you had, Alex, but uh, it's really hit her quite hard. Yeah, it's it's um it's been challenging, but. I'm on the road to recovery. Good, good. Yeah, it seems every year that it just knocks, it takes longer and longer to re- to recover from these. But onward, we're, I guess, are we halfway through winter, hopefully? I know that yesterday was Blue Monday, and, and to be perfectly frank, I didn't even know there was such a thing. Neither did I. Okay. This is news to me, yeah, too. Same here. Uh, yeah, until I saw posts on Instagram, and actually... Um, uh, the, the gym that I work out at, it had, mm-hmm. we got through Blue Monday and I actually asked the kids um, what Blue Monday was and it is a thing. And I guess, uh, as my daughter was saying, Blue Monday, I guess, is the, the culmination of your credit card bills hitting after Christmas. We're right in the thick of winter. And uh, oh, I, I guess... I think I think we can all relate to relate that to for that. sure yeah and then new year's <laughs> resolutions i guess this is the we talked about this at the beginning of the year yes we did we did and this is i guess this is the time that new year's resolutions sort of fall by the wayside and i guess uh, it culminates on blue monday but uh, hopefully everyone got through it and if you're following our tips for uh, maintaining your new year's resolutions i'm sure you sailed through blue monday and probably like us didn't even know that it existed exactly Today's show is live. You can reach us at 416-245-1534. Please do follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are at the Health Hub RMC. And feel free to email us at thh at radiomaria.ca. And as I announce every week, all of our shows, live or taped, are turned over into podcast format. You can find them on iTunes, SoundCloud, all your favorite podcast formats, And you can also find them on um, Radio Maria Canada's website, which is www.radiomaria.ca, as as well as all sorts of other information and things that are going on at the station. And I'm sure I I, I haven't uh, actually sought it out, but I'm sure the Spanish programming will be coming onto the website uh, 
shortly, or is that... Uh, yes, we've thing? actually started the process of uh, making them available through iTunes as well as, well as well as our website. Perfect. Always just on top of things, Alex. So, I mean, lots of information on the Radio Maria Canada website, and you can also find the podcast on my website, which is www.kathybiasse.com. And if you like what you hear, please do leave us a message. So... I've been talking a lot about this lovely little Japanese lady, Maria Kondo, who's just sort of inspired me to clean up and and get rid of things. And as I was going through shoes and trying on shoes, I noticed that um, shoes that I had from 10 years ago are tight. And I thought, you know, what the heck is the reason for that? So I just, you know, as I I tend to, I'm really kind of geeky when it comes to things like this. I started Googling things. And as I was Googling this sort of thing, um, a few other things popped up that were kind of fun facts, things about, you know, as we grow older, fun body facts. And I thought, you know, just a fun thing before we start our show today on aging and the war on aging with uh, Robert Krakow and his lovely wife, Dr. Patsy Krakow. Um, I thought I'd throw this out to you at the beginning of the show. So as far as feet, yes, after years of wear and tear, the tendons and ligaments in your feet can weaken, and this can cause arches to flatten, which means your feet can grow wider and they can also grow longer. So it doesn't necessarily happen to everyone. If you tend to be a little bit more overweight, it can happen or have conditions like diabetes. This does, uh, it is a little bit more prone um, for people like that. Um, I, I didn't think I was that much overweight, but apparently my feet have flattened out a bit because I, and my left foot is a little bit uh, bigger than the right one. So um, you can do some feet exercises actually to maintain the, the strength of your feet. That's good to know. It is good to know. You know, funny enough, when I broke my leg, I was in a cast for about six months and the toughest road to recovery for me was actually strengthening the arch of my foot. Right. Um, I lost all muscle structure in my foot. And, and just in thinking about this, even odder is that my left foot has actually gotten bigger than my right. So broke my right leg, my foot was maybe because I worked hard on it. I don't know what it is, but that's, it's happened to me. Um, but yes, but you can do things. Balancing on one foot actually is quite good for, um, doing the, the small muscles, strengthening the small muscles of your feet. So, you know, if you want to prevent that, there are things that you can do, but that's a little bit off topic from what I started with, but as I ramble. Anyways, achy joints. People complain of achy joints that, the, you know, the bad weather's coming, my joints are aching, and, you know, that is true. It can happen. A change in the barometric reading can be part of the reason. Atmospheric pressure um, often drops right before bad weather, and this can cause body tissue to expand, which can lead to swelling and pain. Most people don't feel it, but those who have arthritis or who have inflamed joints can detect it. Uh, They're much more sensitive to this change in um, barometric pressure. Uh, Temperature also can have an impact. So it's not just a fallacy. Your friends and relatives who say that the rain is coming uh, a day before may actually be a, a good barometer for, for upcoming weather conditions. So, so take, uh, take a heed when your, your arthritic friends tell you <laughs> to be prepared for the weather. The one thing that I found was, was kind of entertaining was um, people's smells change as they age. And that's not to say that older people are the only ones that smell. 
And that is just not true. There are distinctive middle-aged people smells and young people smells, according to a recent study. And the research found that older people actually have a less intense and more pleasant scent scent than the middle-aged people and the younger people. So um, there you go. Not too bad, not too shabby, and not too, you know, as we as we age, everything is not uh, always doom and gloom. There's lots of nice things in our smell. That's, you know, that's in our true. smell. I mean, you know what? <laughs> the pheromones, that's what attracts people to you. Exactly. So, you know, maybe that's the, our, our body does things for, for reasons. Mm-hmm. So um, there you go. Some fun facts for uh, the Tuesday after a blue Monday. Perfect. So on to our show today. We have two guests with us on the line. So that's something new for our show. Um, they are a husband and wife team. Doc, uh, Robert Krakow, not a doctor, my apologies, that's his wife. Robert Krakow is the founder and president of Razor, MindFX Science, and Black Arrow. He has a distinguished history in the computer hardware industry and in sports supplements for the brain, both dating back to the middle 1990s. Robert himself has authored nine fiction books and one nonfiction book that we are talking about today called The War on Aging with his wife, Dr. Patsy Krakow. Robert has an undergraduate degree in journalism and marketing and a master's degree in business from UCLA. Robert believes that a company president needs to be in close contact with his customers and for over 25 years has placed his name, his photo, and his email address on Razor website and retail packaging. He is also accessible through social networks, on-campus speeches, trade shows, and major gaming events. His visibility and notoriety landed him the nickname Razor Guy in the year 2000. Robert has been the voice of Razor through interviews and product announcements since 1999. And when he's not working, Robert can be found in the gym or in his Mexican office working on uh, gaming and writing. And his wife, Dr. Patsy Krakow is a retired psychologist with 30 years experience in behavior modification and health and wellness coaching. She is a lifelong writer having published in Paris, France, where she lived for 20 years. She has founded Content for Coaches, a writing service providing leadership articles for executive coaches. War on Aging, written with her husband, Robert, was to help and is to help Healthy seniors live longer through better exercise and nutrition, and both, as mentioned, currently are now living in Mexico, where they tell me it is lovely and warm and just a little bit different than what we're going through right now. I'm a little jealous. I'm a little bit jealous myself, too. I couldn't get my windshield washer fluid going today in the car. It was so cold. Anyways, I digress. Our learning points today, among many, are why is the war on aging so relevant at this time? How do you best fight the war on aging, and what is the difference between a health span and a lifespan? And when we get back, we will be talking to the duo, Dr. Patsy Krakow and her husband, Robert. We'll be back in a few minutes. I was lost with a broken heart Set apart from the ash, I am born again. Forever safe in the Savior's hands. You were more than my words could say. I follow you for all my days. Fix my eyes, follow in your ways. Forever free in unending grace. Cause you are, you are, you are. 
Listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. Our show today is live. You are welcome to call in at 416-245-1534. And again, you can uh, follow us on our sites, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are at the Health Hub RMC. And feel free to email us if you have any questions for any of us or our guests or any show ideas. We are always open to... Um, things that interest you. But without further ado, welcome to the show, Robert and Dr. Patsy Krakoff. Hi. How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? Really good. We're enjoying some warm weather. Uh, yeah. Funny enough, there's a lot of Canadians down here. We're near Guadalajara. Well, it's not funny because it's it's almost, in this, it is freezing up here. It's breaking uh, later on today, but it has been darn cold. Yeah, I can imagine. And you just got back. You got back yourselves from a, a cruise, did you not? Yes, we did. We were on a writing uh, conference held on board the Royal Caribbean uh, ship, which was fabulous, and uh, came back to some nice warm weather here. So we're all set to get ready to publish our second book in the series, War on Aging. So we have a lot of work ahead of us. Good for you. Well, you're nice and relaxed and inspired, I hope. But before we get into the book and all of its uh, contents, uh, Dr. Patsy, why don't you uh, tell us a bit about yourself and then we'll talk to Robert and, uh, you know, just get a bit of a background on both of you two and we'll get some idea of how you came to, to writing this book. Um, I'll start off. 
Uh, basically, my background is in psychology, but I have a love of writing, and I've also studied as a journalist. So what happened is I started getting older, much to my surprise. I don't know why I didn't think it would ha- wouldn't happen to me. <laughs> the funny thing is about getting older is you still feel 20 years old in your head, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But I'll be 75 next year. Rob will be 80 in the next year. So there were a couple of health issues we had to face. What is interesting is we saw a lot of our friends the same age who were aging, some well and some not. We still played tennis with a, a relatively healthy group of seniors, but some had to quit tennis because of injuries or illness. And we asked ourselves the question, how come we don't have those problems and others do? How come some of us age well and others don't? I was told about 10 years ago that it's in our genes, and that disappointed me because everyone in my immediate family died in their 50s and 60s, and I was already nearing 65. So that scared me. I started doing a lot of research and reading, and I found out that actually genes are one factor in how we age and when we age, but a small part, I'd say only 10 to 20%, and the rest is all lifestyle. What we eat, our exercise, how well we manage stress, uh, getting enough sleep, those things are much more important to living longer and living well. Yeah, for me, Kathy, I, uh, I, I worked as a copywriter for an ad agency back in the 1960s, and I always thought I had a book in, in my body somewhere. And so I started writing when I moved here about 18 years ago. And I've written, I think, 10 novels plus the uh, plus this book. And I just found that, you know, I, I play a lot of sports. I had a lot of head injuries over the years, and I've been waiting for the so-called other shoe to drop on my brain. But uh, so I've tried a lot of other things to help uh, the cognitive portion, and I found what was good for my head was also good for my heart. And exercise, uh, even uh, uh, learning a new language. Uh, writing, playing video, certain video games, those kinds of things are really uh, great for the brain. So we decided that, you know, there were a lot of things that we were doing differently than some of our friends. It was about four years ago, we were at a Christmas party, and there were we live in an expat community, and most everybody is over 60 here, and like Patsy said, about half of them are Canadians, and I looked around the room, there must have been 100 people, and I mentioned to Patsy quietly, uh, look at all these old people, and she reminded me that they're all younger than I am. <laughs> um, and that got us to thinking, is that what, you know, as Patsy said, what are we doing differently? So, you know, it was a great opportunity for us to think through it and then start doing research. And during our research period, we, we read about 50 books that were designed for seniors, and we found that there was very little actionable information, and some of them were just ego things where, you know, somebody wanted to show off his body because he was 60 years old and he had abs. You know? So we said, you know, there's not much science here. And so we started doing research, and we, we actually collected about two years of data before we put the first, uh, uh, you know, before we wrote the first draft. So that's kind of the story behind it. And... Uh, 
You know, it's funny you talk, these things come up. I'll tell you, know, for me, you know, when you're sort of getting a little bit older, when your children start, we were watching a hockey game and my kids started saying, boy, those kids look young. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, my kids are thinking they're looking older. And uh, it, it, you kind of get knee jerked sometimes, don't you? Uh, you don't really think about things until you're put into a situation. And like, for instance, yourselves in the room with people and you think, wow, I actually didn't realize that we're, we're hitting this age or I'm going to a lot of 50th birthday parties. So it, it is... It is a it is an enlightening thing, I guess, as these situations come up. Yeah. Now, do you find? More, sorry, go ahead, Robert. Sorry, go ahead, Robert. I was just going to say, even more enlightening is when your friends start to die. Ah. Yeah. Okay. And that happens. Is was that another impetus for you? You know, working so hard and getting this book together. Oh, sure. I mean, um, you don't expect people your own age. To die, no matter what age you are, it's a shock. Uh, nowadays, we we see obituaries in our local paper and our local community. We hear about them, and we go, "Oh, but they were so young." And today, you know, young is 65, 75, mm-hmm. and even 75. And the older you get, you change your perception of what is old and what is not. The thing is, I think starting from the age of 50, there's a tremendous difference in how age shows up. And that's because the aging process doesn't start on your face or in your skin, your wrinkles. It starts on your cells, in your cells. Uh, and it's a somewhat complicated biochemical uh, process that they're only now beginning to understand. So what you have to, what you see on the outside may not represent what's going on on the inside. But there are things you can do on the outside to influence what's going on with your genes and your energy. And that I think everybody should know about. And I think a lot of people don't know. For for us, for example, exercise is part of our life because we've been doing it for a couple of decades or, or more. But most seniors don't know how important it is. They think, oh, it's just for people who are athletic. I've never been athletic. Why should I bother? I don't care what I look like in a bathing suit. It's no longer about that. Mm -hmm. Exercise, if it could be written as a prescription, doctors would write it as a prescription because of the four or five things that really influence your aging process. Exercise is the one thing that will slow it down. I I find that... I'd like to mention... Go ahead, Robert. the... uh, the question between, uh, that you asked uh, between uh, lifespan and health span. And uh, that's, a, that's a real crucial part of, of our book and our story and what, actually why we wrote the book. Um, it seems as though that we, we have two different spans of health. One is how long we live, and that's getting longer and longer. So that, you know, when I was a child, um, anybody who was 70 was considered to be really ancient. Uh, now, 70 is essentially, you know, just entering the, um, you know, the senior portion of our life or the third half of our life. And um, so that our lifespan is getting longer and longer. And soon, with science the way it's going, medical science will probably, the average lifespan will probably be into the 90s and maybe even higher. Sure. So, and then we have our health span. 
Our health span is essentially the, the period of time that we are physically active. I mean really active, where we get up and we start moving every day, and we do something physical. Uh, that, for many people, starts to end at 30 and 40 years old. And when that happens, you have this long period of time between the end of the health span until you pass away, right? So your, your lifespan. And that's when everything seems to go wrong. That's when diseases, many diseases, senior diseases, both physical and mental, start to kick in. And that's where the problem lies. And the longer you have that, that you know, that space uh, bereft of, of actual movement and physical movement and energy expended and proper diet, and as Patsy mentioned, sleep and and other other aspects of the of preventing some of these diseases, uh, that's when you start having all these problems. And so you have this long period of time. Sometimes it'll be 30, 40 years of just you know just just miserably painful, and I mean to your joints, to your uh, to your brain, uh, to your heart, to everything that you suffer during this period of time. So that's the, the difference between lifespan and health span. And that's where we want people to, uh, the first book is a set designed to really get people to get up and start moving. And if I might add, it has been said that being sedentary is the new smoking. It's the new health scourge mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, of the, which may, really makes a difference. It, it really does. And I think, um, you know, we, we see it, Coming of age now, I mean, one of the, the, the biggest areas in healthcare now is the anti-aging um, uh, circle where people are, you know, as you say, medications are allowing us to live a bit longer, but we don't want to live longer if we're not going to enjoy that life. I mean, we want to, we want the health to keep up with the lifespan. So you explained that, that space beautifully. And I think the fact, you know, let's, let's, before we get to the end of this, this segment, why did you call it the war on aging? So we don't settle? Is that, was that sort of the idea you wanted to impress upon people? Yeah, initially we didn't call it that, but the more I got into it, the more I felt like fighting back. In other words, sometimes society and sometimes just our own personal beliefs tells us that we should grow older gracefully. Well, I can't be graceful if I hurt or if I can't do something. I hate it when I can't open a jar from a supermarket. So you do have to fight back in order to keep your abilities and to keep strong. And the other thing is that uh, if you sit back and don't do anything, some friends say, well, my mother and father lived till they were 90 and they didn't eat right or exercise, so why should I bother? Well, that's only 10 to 20% of what's going to make you live long. So all the other things, which you may not like, you may not like to eat right or exercise. A lot of people don't. I understand that. I myself was a reluctant exerciser in the beginning. But if, if you sit back and don't do anything, you will get older faster and you will get sicker quicker. 
Mm-hmm. And probably not able to recover as quickly. So the, this is where I sort of want to make this. This is a good segue in here for our break, because when we get back, I would really like uh, for the two of you to discuss what uh, strategies we need to put into play to live that longer life in a healthy format. So when we get back, we're going to get uh, knee deep into this book with uh, Robert and Dr. Patsy Krakow. Reads dusty books and learns phrases in Latin She is an author, or maybe a poet A genius, but it's just this world doesn't know it She works on a novel most every day If you laugh, she will say Seize the day, seize whatever you can Cause life slips away just like hourglass and Seize the day, pray for grace from God's hand Then nothing will stand in your way Seize the day, Left a six-figure job for a mission position His healing was sick in an African clinic He works in the dirt and writes on to the cynics He says we work through the night So most every day As we watch the sunrise we can Seize the day, seize whatever you can Cause life slips away just like hourglass and Seize the day, pray for grace from God's hand And nothing will stand in your way Seize the day, as bitter and cold as the whiskey he's drinking. He's talking about fear, about chances not taken. If you listen to him, you can hear his heart breaking. He says one day you're buying, next day you're dead. I wish way back when someone had said.
You are listening to The Health Hub here on Radio Maria Canada. A Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, please call 416-245-1534. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking about the war on aging with Robert and Dr. Patsy Krakow. And this segment I would like to devote to what actually you've got in your book. So what I want you to, to do is um, maybe tell us who you've spoken to, because this book isn't just about your experiences. This is a lot of science-based, and it's a very well-researched book. So maybe we can start off with that. Sure. Well, in our community, we meet a lot of people different ages, but two in particular stood out for me, and I, I had to interview them. They're both tennis players still, and get this, they're 90 years old. So I wanted to ask them, you know, what is the secret to your success? How do you keep going? And it, uh, I got different answers, you know, each person with their own personality. They each did it their way. But what was common among them was they're very self-aware, and uh, by that I mean not just emotionally and mentally. They were physically aware of their body parts. They could tell when something was wrong, but they could tell when something was working right. So they each knew when to go see a doctor and when not, when to lay off of tennis and when to continue playing. I think that's an important key element. So many of us, we grow up used to our body functioning, and one day the funniest things can happen, a body part is not the same anymore. It's had its wear and tear. And it can be quite surprising. I, I remember the time I went to the doctor about my cataracts. I didn't know I had cataracts because I wasn't seeing as well. And I said, well, why do I have cataracts? What's that all about? What am I doing wrong? He said, no, you're just getting older. Well, of course, I wanted to slap him. But <laughs> the thing is, sometimes these things catch us by surprise. You know, we think, Oh, I don't get that, you know, those, that's for old people, you know. But knowing when to see a doctor is very important because caught early, most of these things have simple solutions and you can maintain and live with a lot of conditions uh, quite comfortably. You know, Kathy, we rarely die of old age. You know, we die from diseases, mm-hmm. heart failure, strokes, diabetes, cancer, dementia, and so we're more susceptible to disease these diseases as we get older. And so if we don't try and fight this decay, we lose. And uh, in my case, I interviewed, I contextually interviewed about 150 different seniors here on, uh, you know, as I mentioned, this is an expatriate community, and uh, it was pretty easy to find them. And so I I just uh, interviewed a lot of them, and I found out, I asked the questions about why don't you, you know, what prevents you from, and I had amazing uh, excuses and just a long list of excuses of people who didn't want to exercise, who didn't really believe in it, who thought, believed that gardening was exercise or walking their dog. Um, and, you know, one of my favorites was the woman that said, well, I don't want to join a gym until I lose 20 pounds. <laughs> Things like that just uh, were always amazing to me. And, uh, and so we kind of wrote the book, uh, designed the book so that we could get people started and then to get them to maintain uh, an exercise routine or 
to maintain a new diet. Because the uh, hardest thing for people, like for example, we are in a new year, 2019, how many people had a New Year's resolution to join a gym and that lasted for two weeks? Uh, that happens so often. So our, one of the goals of the book was to get people to maintain their, their regimen, to get out and work. Uh, one of the things that I thought I didn't mention before that I wanted to was that people don't realize that uh, both men and women start losing bone uh, at about 30 years old. And muscle. And they start losing muscle at about the same same age. And you, after, by the time you're 70, you've lost sometimes 50 to 60% of your bone and 40 to 50% of your muscle. Uh, it's called sarcopenia, is the loss of muscle. And, you know, these are things that, you know, one day catch up with you and you wind up, you know, dying of disease and not of old age. So is your book, are we, are we trying to target um, a broad spectrum of people? You know, are we are people who are the age of 30 and 40? Do you want to hit them? Or is this a book by seniors for seniors to get on this uh, trend now of taking care of yourself. It doesn't matter what age you're at or what stage you're at. Who are you really focusing on? Do you think um, when you're when you when you wrote this book? That's interesting because I've just been in contact with some marketing people, and it turns out the people most attracted to our book are healthy seniors who want to stay that way, and I can understand that. Mm-hmm. And that is heartbreaking in a way for us because the people that should be making changes in their lives probably aren't and they're probably not going to pick up this book because it makes them feel guilty or aware of things they really don't want to do anything about. It does require some discipline and some action to make any improvement in your life. The difference between getting fit at 30 and 40 is that now it's not a question of looking better. It's a question of do or die. Mm-hmm. And we know, the scientists do know that exercise will delay the onset of the chronic diseases of aging, such as heart attacks, strokes, dementia, um, some cancers. You know, there, there's evidence that shows that is true. So at an older age, you, you have to do it, whether you like it or not. The key is, and we emphasize this a lot in the book, is to do something that pleases you, some sort of play. For example, walking the dog is great, it's not enough. Gardening is great, but it's not enough. Uh, Perhaps uh, whatever it is you're doing is great, but it's probably not enough. And so our book is a wake-up call to realize, and it's not a lot, according to the doctors, they say 30 minutes a day, of rigorous exercise where you're breathing hard and you're sweating a little bit is sufficient. And of course, the more you do, um, the more the fitter you'll get. And um, usually, in that case, the more you're want gonna want to get once you get bit by the fitness bug. Yeah, well, we originally t- uh, kind of more directly answered your question. Originally, we we wrote the book uh, by seniors for seniors, but as we as we started editing and going through and getting feedback from other people, we found out that this book was really for people younger as well and mm-hmm. that we could get people, a lot of people really start to have problems at 40 to 45. And I'll just give you my own personal, uh, uh, 40, 40 years ago when I was 40, I, had, um, I was overweight, I had no energy, 
I was working, I had a family, I was raising two children, uh, and I was not feeling well. Uh, I had a perennial heartburn after almost every meal, and it was just starting to get to me, and I felt like, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm too young to be feeling this way. And I had no, no energy, um, and I had no exercise program. I had nothing, and I started to, even though I was playing a sport, I was playing basketball three or four times a week, I still was lacking the energy, and I was, you know, my waist was 36, and today I have all this energy, and my waist is 32, I'm 30 pounds lighter, I sleep better, uh, everything has changed in my life. You know, something you said, just because we don't like what we hear and we want to bury our head in the sand and not find it, it doesn't make it go away. So you might as well face these things and understand what we need to do to stay healthy. You've talked about um, exercise and the importance of exercise. In the book, you have five pillars to uh, what you would call great senior health. So why can't, maybe we'll go through those and, and just give a general explanation for each so we can, we can get out to everybody the, the wonderful word that is, being, um, that is written in the book for everybody. Sure, and I might add, uh, many of our readers have commented that uh, the book was very appropriate for their children uh, because the earlier you start to think about these things, the more prepared you will be for a healthy older age. 100%, I agree. But yes, there are five pillars. These are areas of of attention. Uh, In the war of aging, we call them the five front lines (laughs) where you must devote a little bit of attention and, and discipline. And... The two biggest are exercise and nutrition, no doubt about it. We haven't mentioned nutrition much, much, but it's very important as a senior that you maintain a healthy weight. The number of seniors that come down with type 2 diabetes is expanding every year, and it's a pity because it can be regulated through exercise and good diet. There's so many diets on the Internet and so many fads, it's hard to know what is best. Um, the only thing that has really been proven to work for weight loss is calorie restriction unless you've got a metabolic disorder, which many people do. But, um, and there's some evidence that the Mediterranean, the paleo diets are really good because they most resemble what our ancestors uh, ate. But in general, if you have a diet full of vegetables, a few fruits, uh, fish, limited meat, the good fats and not the bad fats, and you're not overeating, then uh, you're pretty good. But only a nutrition can really guide you on that. But it, it is confusing. I'm, I myself am charged with writing a chapter on what is the right nutrition for older people, and it's very confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a biochemical level, it's confusing. And there are conflicting reports between the scientists and the nutritionists. But you have to know that um, whatever it is, make sure you have a normal body weight. Exercise in itself won't, won't really regulate your weight unless you're doing it an awful lot. But, of course, the exercise is important for your cellular balance. The cells will detoxify uh, based on the activity that's demanded upon them, and this is augmented through exercise. Sleeping. Seven to eight hours of sleep are necessary, and many seniors don't get that. Uh, noise can be a factor if you're in a room with a person that sleeps and makes noises at night. 
you might have to find uh, earplugs at work, but it's very important for to give yourself your brain time enough to recuperate. Uh, what do you have to say about that? Well, also, you know, you want to have a really dark room too to sleep, and I think that's yeah. that's really important. Uh, uh, you know, I feel like um, you know, Patsy said diet. You know, diet. There's so much conflict. Conflicting, uh, you know, reports on, you know, are eggs good for you or are they not? It's, 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 by the way, they are. But um, <laughs> just stick just, that in there. <laughs> people, so we, so we try to to uh, narrow the uh, focus down to what you know has worked for us and for the uh, and all the research that we've done and um, and the science too. We have a a very very active blog as well under uh, SeniorWarOnAging.com where there's a lot of information about diet and cellular structure and, and uh, mitochondria and, and things that, that are even uh, with our book was uh, is about 200 pages and so it's not just a, a, a little tiny skinny book and yet we found we had to cut a lot out of it and so a lot of it is uh, will be in book two a lot more will be in book three but also during the, the week we pro we t- tend to post almost two or three times a week uh, new articles because there's a lot of really good information and uh, and and that's you know you only have to buy the book or find the book for to uh, to to check our website out mm-hmm. what about um you know as as we age uh as you were talking about friends uh, may pass away, our partners may pass away. What about social connection as, as we age? Is that important? I'm glad you brought that up because we hadn't mentioned it, but it is essential. And I think more and more social activity and staying connected with friends, um, they're even showing that it contributes to your cognitive reserve. That is, you can keep your brain intact longer if you're relating to other people. So social activity can be anything, whether it's a church group or a book club or, um, you know, it doesn't take much, but you absolutely have to stay in touch with friends and families. And I think most seniors know this. The older we get, the more we need good friends. There's just too many things that can go wrong and too many, uh, I don't, well, sad events, quite frankly, that occur and uh, without friends and family, there's nothing to boost us up and to carry on. Mm-hmm. And that's a challenge. It really is. But the other thing is be young at heart. Uh, never stop laughing. For me and many others, it's never stop learning and um, participate in life. You know, you're not, never too old to set a goal, to have a bucket list, to um, go off and do crazy things you've never done before just because you've never done them before. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. It's a time in life that can present enormous freedom, uh, but at the same time, that emptiness of having fewer people in our lives, and we have to fight against that, too. So I guess you're... you're yeah, I have a lot of... Go ahead, Robert. Sorry. Go ahead, Robert. I'm sorry. In my research, we found that there were a lot of people who, were, who just say... You know, I, I I would never do that. I'm too old for that. And this is when you know you when you start saying I'm too old for this and start thinking it. That's really the, the, one of the danger signs in our fifth fifth pillar of being young at heart. And people tend to start believing that stuff about themselves. And so you really it's positive thinking. I I know that's kind of an overused term, but it really is important uh, for seniors. More important for seniors than probably any other age. You just cannot picture yourself as 
as old and, and feeble. And by the way, I would like to mention while I'm saying that is that there are a lot of people out there who do have pre-existing conditions, right, who are injured. And both, both Patsy and I have had some serious things in our lives. But the point is, is that you're never too old to start. You're never too infirmed to start a, a program. Uh, we have, uh, in our third book, we're actually going to have exercises for people in wheelchairs. So, you know, there, there are things that you can do no matter what your condition is. Uh, and, um, and never, never give in to the thought or the, or the, or the term that I'm getting too old and I can't try this and I'm not, and I'm, and once you do that, you're not young at heart. I, I find the one thing that you said, the positive attitude, I, I, I don't think that that is overused. In fact, I feel that it's underused or maybe underappreciated is the right thing. You know, in, in many cases, people who have had a serious illness, um, myself included, getting to the age of 80 is, um, is something that would be a wonderful thing to achieve. Uh, for, I know you guys have said you've had some, some serious uh, issues. I know uh, perhaps, Robert, you want to talk about um, the heart attack that you had uh, and how doing your exercising and researching has helped you with that. But, you know, I do think it is a little bit of a perspective thing. And I think that if you can get to the age of 80 healthy, 80, 85, 90, it's a blessing. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't make it to that age. So I do think that there is a lot of perspective that we do have to take with that. But I know you had a story to tell about, um, Robert, about your heart attack and how what you have been doing has really benefited you. Yeah, well, at 65, uh, I was playing tennis, and I had this terrible heart attack right on the tennis court, and it took five and a half hours to get me to, uh, to under the knife, so to speak. And um, I, I, I'd seen other friends of mine much younger, in their 50s, go through a recovery period, and I was concern because some of them were very, very extremely careful uh, about the recovery, whereas they actually babied themselves like baby steps. And I wanted to get back into a regimen of fitness and get back out of the tennis court. And so I really worked hard, uh, both physically, mentally, and emotionally, to overcome the stress of the recovery period, which was tough, I have to admit. And... Uh, I was actually back in the gym within six weeks and on the tennis court within 10 weeks. And I had worked my butt off to maintain my health over the, uh, the next 15 years to be able to say I am at full strength. I'm actually as active as I was before my heart attack. Uh, at almost, I'll be 80 in October. And by the time I, I, I reached 70, I felt like, wow, I, I don't believe I've ever had this heart attack. My, my, uh, my attitude, my body, my emotions, my, my, my position uh, within, my, uh, within my own mind was such that this was a, uh, something that almost didn't happen, uh, <laughs> although we all know it did. <laughs> it's it's uh, a wonderful... I find so much... 
you know, you've written this book, but I think the testimonials that you have, and you're not just writing this where you've researched it and put it together, you're practicing what you are preaching. And I think it's a wonderful book. And as you said, I think it's beneficial for everybody. You know, if we set set ourselves up early in life, as we get older and, uh, you know, God willing, we get older, we are, we are in much better shape. But I think also an important message from your book is that you're never too old to, to start getting in shape. And, um, you know, it, it, we have this view on aging that it's this terrible thing and, and, and something to be afraid of. And I think what you're doing is demystifying that because, as you said, it can be a wonderful time of life. So uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to end off here fairly soon. What I want to do is give you um, a space here to let us know where we can get your book, maybe give us a, a timeline on your second book, and again, to repeat the website so that people can go and look on it because it really is wonderful. And uh, you're both inspiring people to, to a, number, a number of us out there. So if you could just give us that information, that would be wonderful. Yeah, well, we're on Amazon for Kindle and print on demand. Uh, we'll probably be in a few bookstores, although, you know, I don't know about Canada, to be honest with you. Um, we uh, we intend to write a book a year, um, and so our second book will be out sometime in 2019. And 2020. Our third, uh, hmm? 2020. 2020, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, my, my publisher and editor are correcting me. <laughs> and uh, so uh, it's, it's a tough book to write because it's a book on... Uh, on diet and nutrition, and like Patsy mentioned, there are so many conflicting. We we want to get it right. Mm-hmm. So um, on Amazon, if you uh, put in the search box "War on Aging," you'll find us. Okay, you can get a printed version or an ebook edition, and our website is seniorwaronaging.com. Wonderful. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, you're just a lovely couple, and I really do appreciate it. You're inspiring, and keep up the good work. Your writing is, is wonderful, Patsy. I've been reading some of what you're doing, and you really are a very talented uh, blog writer, and believe me, that is a talent. Um, it, it's something to be able to put out material. I thank you so much, both of you, for being on our show today, and keep up the good work. And everybody, we will talk to you next week on The Health Hub. have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.